Hey, RB. How you doing? How are you, my brother? Good. So you've been uh, you've been doing gigs every night, right? Yeah, this is my uh, fifth. Uh, no, my fourth uh, gig this uh, this week. So uh, hopefully tomorrow I'm uh, also getting a gig in. Uh, uh, I think in Hasselt. And it's going to uh, be a six, uh, six days in a row that I'm gigging. Wow. What a time, yeah. man. Yeah. So um, what's it like to be in the middle of a uh, modern war zone? It's, uh, it's crazy. It's, um, it's very, uh, how do you say, uh, it's, uh, I, I, I don't have an exact word for the feeling, but it's it's weird. It's like uh, you're in a in a di- dimension that uh, that you recognize, but still feels so different, so alienated. You really see people walking around like zombies, and uh, especially the the day of the attacks was very weird. People were very uh, scared, but very calm, very very belgian like trying not to uh, get too emotional but uh what do you mean you very belgian like belgians don't overreact to things no they don't overreact they for example uh the day after the attacks um all the stations the big stations in brussels were closed down and they were um uh, and they were frisking people and you had lines of 400 500 a thousand people waiting on the train very calmly no rush they knew that they would uh, 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 become uh, uh, late uh, that, that they will be late on their work and they were just uh, yeah very submissive and they were like okay this has happened just go with the flow and just act very calm very uh, polite and that's that's a weird thing. That's a very Belgian thing. I remember you told me after the November thirteenth Paris attacks that there was tons of soldiers all over the streets in in Antwerp. There must be like just and you said there were military vehicles running around. It must be crazy now, right? No, they doubled everything. You've got uh, where for a central station in Antwerp. Normally, there's like. A, two or three groups of two soldiers. Right. There are about 10 soldiers now, and uh, they, they, they're also active in the sense of they, uh, uh, the police officers that, that are with them are frisking people. So if they see something, they just go up uh, to the person and go, uh, uh, excuse me, can we look uh, into your bag? And they're very vigilant of, of anything that happens. So they... Where they used to be very passive and waiting, and uh, now they're very active, looking at people, uh, and uh, and yeah, everybody's on edge. I uh, I mean, wow, what a what an action packed week in Belgium, for lack of a, a a better way to say it. I mean, you know, the they they caught what was it, uh, Abdel Salam or whatever that guy's name was. They caught him. Yeah, it's it started. Uh, well, what, it, it, yeah, yeah. Uh, the that cachet of the ISIS had like application forms, and that's how they yeah. swooped in on that house where they found his fingerprints, right? Yes, 
Yeah, exactly. So there, there was. It started out with. Uh, so some guy blue. defects from ISIS. He leaves, and he's got these little thumb drives with all these application forms, and these guys put their addresses yep, or whatever. Correct, and uh, that's amazing. Yeah, very. Yeah, that's incredible. They take applications at yeah. ISIS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, it's, they, uh, they, they, it's uh, <laughs> are you willing so, to be martyred and who should we contact? Yeah. It's exactly very stupid things. Are you, uh, <laughs> where do you want to martyr yourself? Do you want to do it in a Muslim country or do you want to do it abroad? Or do you prefer or, a suicide vest or is there yeah, a car yeah. packed with explosives or a yeah. shooting? Or, uh, Exactly. Are you willing to uh, put the explosives uh, up your ass or not? <laughs> a lot of those assholes uh, probably would like, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's very weird. So they. Uh, so what are so, what a what a what a week of events? So those the, I saw that thing on the news that that cache of those application forms came out, and then they swoop on that place. Uh, that's where they found the guy's fingerprints and. He's been hiding out in Molenbeek. There's been nothing but news crews in Molenbeek since November 13th when the Paris attacks happened. And yeah, he, exactly. Uh, the, he probably was walking around in the background. Yeah, he was probably uh, pointing at the journalists and going <laughs> like, hey, those guys are looking for me. <laughs> I wonder if... Uh, if they know I'm just around the corner, but the thing is, there's a there's a weird sense of uh, of the Belgian uh, public going, wait a minute, they Absalom hided uh, for four months in Brussels in Molenbeek, uh, and the Muslim community or the Moroccan community didn't uh, uh, tell the, uh, the police that that they, that they were uh, that Absalom was there. But that's bullshit. Nobody knows that that he was there, mm. and he wasn't in Molenbeek. He was in Forst, another uh, part of Brussels. And just uh, after the raid, uh, he moved to Molenbeek, hiding there. So uh, there's a big misconception of uh, okay, the Moroccan or the Muslim community was hiding Absalom, because it, it, yeah, it's not true. But yeah, still, we don't know uh, exactly. Uh, where he was and where, but it was it was almost like a a, a comedic movie. It yeah, and I read a, was uh, this. Tell me if this is true or not. That where he was hiding was not far from like the mayor's office or something. Uh, two things: the near the mayor's office and just around the corner of his parents. Wow. So and uh, so I read that. Um, Today, there's like all these like uh, Belgian ministers, they want to resign and the public prime minister saying, no, no, wait a minute. But like these people all should resign. They're, they're, uh, isn't this like Belgian had no uh, leading government person for like a few years? Didn't the Belgian government kind of like fell apart a few years ago, right? Yeah, we're like uh, we and uh, Iraq. Uh, had the longest uh, time without the government. So, and there was, it's a big, uh, a big part of Belgium history that we had like 500 something days that we didn't have an actual government. Uh, but the thing is, it all started with the Turkish president 
who just the day after the attacks went, look, uh, wait a minute, those, those guys who did the, the attacks, we uh, arrested them in Turkey and we send them back to uh, Holland and Belgium. And we send also the information uh, with them that they're probably ISIS, uh, ISIS affiliated. And the Belgium government uh, got that information and they didn't do anything. They just interviewed the guys for an hour and they let them go. Wow. And, and that's a big mistake from the government because they could have stopped the attacks. So uh, we have uh, two, the, the Secretary of Justice and the Secretary of uh, Interior, uh, I think Interior or not Interior, but Internal uh, uh, Politics. Uh, uh, I forgot the name, how these, uh, but uh, they uh, they both gave the uh, uh, how do you say the resignment or uh, resignation exactly the re resignation, and uh, the the premier or the president of Belgium went uh, no uh, I'm not accepting him but everybody thinks the same thing they should really uh, stop and uh, yeah. But it's still, it's a political uh, political game that they're playing, and it's now especially a couple of days after the attacks. It's a blame game. Everybody blaming. You've got uh, the publics blaming the Muslim community. The Muslim community is blaming the government. The government is blaming uh, uh, everybody else, and it's not it's not constructive. It's not uh, it's not helping nobody. So what's the word spreading through the Muslim community in Belgium? Like, oh shit. Um, I think the, the Muslim community has... is There's something special happening now in Belgium. You can feel it in the air. You can feel it. It's almost like a song. But uh, the, the people are coming together. And... And in a sense, because there were also 30, of, 30 victims were from Moroccan descent, Muslim descent in the attacks. And the Muslim community has been very strong, very hard in condemning the attacks. And literally everybody who is a Muslim gets in front of the... Even we, we are known for being very, um, um, how do you say it... Not secretive, but very close, a close community. Uh, but after the attacks, everybody who who was bef uh, in front of a microphone or a camera or whatever condemned very hard, very strongly uh, the attacks. And they used words like dogs. And if if it was my son, I would do this or that. And and so 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 the the word. From the Muslim community is uh, is where we are the victims, the same as the Belgian people, and we need to come together and fix this situation and really getting the bad seeds out of the community. Wow, uh, I, I I I was absolutely stunned. I was awake really late at night in California. I saw the breaking news when it happened, just like moments after it happened. And um, unbelievable to hit Brussels Airport and the uh, that train station, subway yeah. station. Yeah, it's 
and this time even we we told we talked about this uh, last time the attacks in paris they were very close to me in the sense of i've been to paris i know a lot of people from paris um it's uh, a place where i really have fun memories uh and emotional it was very but this time it was it's it was almost personal because the day before the attacks i've spoken to a friend of mine um uh, he's also a comedian, but he's also uh, he works uh, part time for uh, for Brussels Airlines. And where the attack happened, that's his workspace. Oh yeah, you told me that your friend was supposed to go to work that day, right? Exactly. the the uh, The day before the attacks, we spoke to the phone, and I was trying to convince him to come over and to brainstorm on some new material. And he was like, "I'm tired. I have to work. I have to go to work tomorrow early." uh you know what next time and we hang up and in the morning uh, uh, uh a journalist calls me just minutes after the attack uh a journalist that i know and he asked me uh, uh your friend uh, can i have his number i want to know uh, what the explosions were or are in the in now and i do uh, and i was still uh, uh half uh, asleep and um, and I go, well, what did happen? He said, yeah, just give me the uh, the number. I said, I'm not giving you a number. I have to call him first. So I called my friend, and he doesn't answer the phone. And my mind just goes, huh, maybe something happened. And then I get uh, to my computer. I start up my computer, and uh, I see the, the, the breaking news, the explosions, even the first uh, images of... Uh, uh, of the parking lot and people running away from the explosions and my mind just flips thinking about uh, my friend that 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 it, it's his workspace I almost I was so sure that he was uh, in the attacks and I kept on calling him and thank God he uh, he picked up the phone and he says yeah I'm all right and it, and the thing uh, was he changed the last on the last minute somebody changed with him a shift wow so and it was uh, it was one of the scariest moments in my life. What about the person who took his shift? Were they okay? They were okay. Um, and this is maybe a little bit inside information, but um, um, he was telling me that there were two explosions. The first explosion was at the, the counter one, and where they usually worked, the colleague, is at counter uh, five and six, I think. And there was uh, the second explosion. But when the first explosion exploded, their reaction was to uh, duck uh, behind the, uh, desk. The, the, the the desk exactly. And so, and that screened them from the from the second blast. Wow! But uh, yeah, so they they were right. But he lost a couple of colleagues, uh, people who lost uh, their limbs. Um, and but yeah, there's there's some images on the on the internet of a, a taxi driver whose son works at the airport, and he's there. He's just waiting in his taxi. The explosion goes off, and he runs inside to find uh, find his son. Mm. But, but you can see the the damage. The there's an image of a couple of strollers with babies crying. It, it just tears me uh, apart. And there's one. 
where a baby lies on top of, uh, uh, I think, his daddy or his mommy, and the mommy and or, or daddy is dead, and the baby just crying, and that uh, that's that, that's a horrible man. So uh, yeah. Oh my God! Wow. Seems like um, a lot of nasty shits happening in Europe, and it's all on your front doorstep. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a horrible. It's, but somehow the somehow the 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 air is like cleared. It's everybody walks around very focused, and even in discussions with people. The, we used to have a lot of bullshit in our conversation, in our discussions. Um, for example, if some uh, something, w for uh, let's say the Paris attacks happened, the discussion here in Belgium was always, um, yeah, it's a religious problem. The the Muslim community needs to uh, change, even denounce their faith and go against uh, their own beliefs and uh, really pick a, a, a side but that's not the real discussion uh, in my uh, opinion and now if I talk to somebody and I go look the, a part of the problem is discrimination a part of the problem is that there are uh, youngsters or people that don't feel at home in this community and that's also what we need to uh, address and now they're like okay you're right we acknowledge it, and we need to fix that, that problem. Yeah, totally. And, I, you know, um, you see more and more of these guys coming back. There was a, um, a Muslim, I, th I think like Egyptian-American or something, some guy from Virginia got captured by the Kurdish soldiers. And, uh, and then the guy who took that cache of thumb drives out of Syria with all that those application information, um, all these guys that are coming back from there are going, uh, what's happening over there is not Islam. You hear, mm -hmm. you, you hear them saying that, you know? Yeah, exactly. So I feel bad for like the, any young, you know, uh, disenfranchised, disgruntled, um, you know, um, Muslim teenager young guy that feels like he doesn't belong in European society, oh, I'll, you know, go be a romantic fighter or something like that. And then, yeah, there's, um, like, you know, there's two kinds of, uh, of person who, who go and, uh, join the, uh, IS, uh, and one is the very clever, intelligent, uh, person who has a, a dream, uh, maybe a wrong dream, but they have a dream and they went, uh, maybe uh, I don't feel at home here. Maybe I could start a new life over there. And you've got the other where the, the violent idiot um, fighter who just is angry with the world and wants to kill anything. Uh, so he goes to Syria to, uh, to, yeah, to... To get his angry uh, anger issues out, and um, you see a lot of the the smarter people coming uh, coming back. Even may I hope a little bit ashamed and uh, like you said, but I don't know. Uh, 
there's another discussion going on on what to do with people that uh, are coming back from uh, ISIS. Oh wow! And, uh, and uh, at this moment, everybody in Belgium look. They have to if they come back, they should uh, go to jail uh, directly and uh, protect the society uh, from uh, from from that danger because you can see it. You you, you see that a lot of people. Uh, that come back are still affiliated are still doing stupid things uh, like the attacks like uh, so yeah right right or hiding you know these guys yeah. out and... so what's it like to do comedy in Belgium right now it's um, the 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 day of the attacks uh, I got an email from a comedian who went like, look, this is a terrible day. We need some laughter. And we organized uh, an impromptu comedy night and there were like 70 people. Uh, and it's and at first, the room was very divided. You can feel that a lot of people go like, uh, this is not a time to uh, do comedy. This is too, uh, too, too soon. Um, we need to really... Uh, first talk about it um, almost as a sense of therapy just we need to uh, address uh, the situation uh, and comedy is uh, something else uh, and the other room is was really look we we don't know what to make sense of just make us forget uh, for half an hour an hour of, uh, of good comedy and um, as a comedian, it um, it's a big responsibility. Yeah. Because because yeah, if if, if you suck, <laughs> not even you're a bad comedian. You're also uh, the disrespectful guy who uh, who went on stage on the day of the attacks and uh, uh, arrogant. Uh, what else? Uh, narcissist, uh, narcissistic. Yeah, so, but there, and maybe, and you know the story, I went five days after the attacks of Charlie, Charlie Hebdo, I was, uh, I was also on the stage in Paris. Yeah, I remember. And this time was, was, I don't know, it's, it was almost a natural state for me. I just knew. <laughs> You're used to it now. <laughs> I'm used to it, exactly. I, I went on stage and... Um, the MC uh, Bram did some uh, material, and you could feel you could feel that the room was divided. And I was really when it, when it was up to me, I went like, "Look, just give them laughter." And I went straight into a, a, a joke about uh, how I got stopped by the police on my way to the gig, and people could relate. <laughs> and and. Especially with my background being a Muslim, being Moroccan, uh, I just start telling them uh, jokes and stories from my perspective, and they they were uh, they were with me, and it felt felt good. But it was also a, a relationship where I really had to give, and they gave back, and that was that's how comedy should be. They give me uh, their attention, and I, and I give them my jokes. So how much did you talk about it? 
Um, I did, um, I think, a 12 or a 15 minute set, and I talked about it. Uh, I think most of it, I think 90, 80% uh, about the attacks, because the everybody was uh, glued to their screens. So they had the same, they saw the same things as that I see. So it was very easy just going, uh, telling them, um, reminding them of what they've seen. And there were a couple of pivot, uh, very important moments in the, in the news gathering. And it was where, where, when the attacks happened and the response of the, the secretaries. And the, there was a lot of comedy happening because you had the secretaries of uh, the Belgian secretaries just hiding underneath uh, in a in a bunker, um, and the normal people, the police officers, the brave people uh, from the ambulances doing their work, and they were like sitting safe, and they and we shared the same emotion. So it was. Uh, I talked about uh, how it is being. Uh, a Muslim guy at this moment, uh, uh, but I also talked uh, about Abdeslam, about um, and also a little bit about uh, the aftermath. What would happen? Uh, the 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 solutions, for example, for the attacks. How we uh, and you know, as a comedian, fifteen minutes is is quite short. So uh, yeah, I did. So what's your solution? My solution, my solution to uh, to everything, or just <laughs> <laughs> what you were saying on stage that night. Uh, my solution was more about how we should um, perceive um, uh, ISIS or the the terrorists. And there's a lot of discourse, uh, uh, a lot of people talking about. Look, they're monsters. We have to kill them. We have to do. We have to destroy them. But. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea how to kill a monster. So, but what if we gave them a human face, and we attack them on their human, uh, uh, human uh, side, and and people were agreeing, we should, uh, we should, uh, yeah, see him as human, not as human, human, but as, yeah, creatures of flesh that we can uh, irritate the shit out of. <laughs> really uh, make him pay for what happened cool the um it's it's it must be so uh, i don't know like um it's this one thing on everyone in the audience's mind every detail of it i imagine in holland and people must be um wondering what's going to happen next you know yeah, there's a there's a very big fear, and because it, the attacks happened, okay, there could be there could be other attacks. And just tonight, they did a couple of raids, and they uh, even in France, there there was almost uh, a, an attack, also a terrorist attack, but they stopped it. Um, I don't know what uh, which town it was, but uh, it would be breaking news. It was just it happened at eleven my time, so uh, an hour ago, an hour. There was on the news that they uh, stopped an attack, an uh, terrorist attack, uh, by raiding uh, uh, an apartment or a house in in France. The 
the fear is real. We've seen it. We've uh, the people, uh, the victims of the attacks were could be family members, could be uh, friends, colleagues, and we we as a Belgian people are very concerned. Could this happen again? Because with Abslam and there's a a theory going on because we arrested uh, Abdeslam, we found him, uh, he has, uh, we arrested him alive, he has a lot of information about the attacks, and about ISIS, um, there was also a rumor that he would uh, become uh, a witness, um, and Belgium be became a very real target for ISIS. And it was always on the list of ISIS, I think uh, a year ago or two years ago, no, a year and a half ago. ISIS really stated into the video, we're going to attack uh, Europe, like Belgium, like... Uh, um, so the fear is real and we, uh, we as a Belgian people, we hopefully will come together and uh, really fight, fight uh, those people. Wow, that's, that sound that sounded very American. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's my. <laughs> Even watching a lot that's of movies. my Bush. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's my Bush Bush impression. We're we're gonna take them. We're gonna kill. Them. <laughs> yeah. Um, the. Wow, man. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 amazing that they captured that guy alive, and I saw the there's that photo of him at like a shell gas station along the highway on November 13th, driving back from Paris, yeah. you know, just like, uh, it's, it's chilling to think that this is like normal looking guys getting some gas, shooting the shit in, in the parking lot. You wouldn't think they just committed one of the biggest atrocities in, uh, European world history, you know? Yeah. There's uh, also images of uh, uh, of the attackers attackers in Brussels, and they were they looked on the images like three guys very calm, getting their luggage and going on. Yeah, and, yeah, and they got the black gloves on. Yeah, yeah, they were like so casual. Yeah, yeah they're like, okay, it's uh, it's we're going on holiday. This is gonna be fun, and that's. It's incredible. They're, that's just uh, that's just proof that they're not uh, they're, they're crazy people that are very uh, yeah. It's very disturbing. Yeah, like those Boston Marathon bombers, those brothers. They were wearing their baseball hats backwards, like a lot of dopey teenage American boys like wear their hat baseball hats backwards. You know, so yeah. like the the yeah. the images of the. the before it happened, looked like, oh, just a couple of regular guys. Yeah. But that's, uh, I don't know how, uh, what it is, but I think that's the systematic thing that we were doing wrong. We, we don't assume that uh, the terrorists are well organized or that they're professional, but they are. They, they are very, uh, an imminent danger. Efficient efficient and uh, I keep on wondering but how about our secret service how about our uh, law enforcement they should be more organized or 
I don't know. It's it's weird, especially in Belgium. Belgium, we have a history of um, problems with the law enforcement. Yeah. Uh, starting from, and it's, yeah. Uh, I told you about that um, after the attacks in Paris, uh, one of the biggest newspapers in Belgium opened with the headlines in Arabic. And uh, they wrote uh, in Arabic, uh, our secret service can't read this. Wow. Because they, uh, and I don't know, maybe they're so secretive uh, and that we don't know about the hidden talents of Belgian uh, Secret Service, but at this moment it looks like we uh, it looks like we only eat uh, chocolate and uh, French fries and uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, n- none of the um, Belgian um, government employees are looking very good right now. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> and the weird thing is that we're not surprised. We in Belgium, we're not surprised. We have uh, eight different governments. And we've got a, a very uh, right-winged uh, big party, the NVA, who, who, let's be honest, they're not the brightest, uh, the brightest of them all. But this is the democracy. The people chose them, so it's upon them to uh, to fix it. What kind, it's, it's, what kind of party is that? NVA is a is a right-wing uh, party who wants to. Uh, Split up Belgium uh, uh, in two small parts, being Flanders and Wallonia. Oh, and they really, yeah. Have you heard about the party? That old argument. Oh, yeah, that old. Exactly. <laughs> I thought you guys had gotten over that. No, 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 no. We're still, uh, we're still debating. And uh, Bart Wever, the mayor of Antwerp, is still uh, very pro. Uh, we need to split up Belgium into two small countries and uh, it's uh, it's very weird it's a very yeah it's a very uh, right wing it's like let's say trump light hmm. we need to stop this we need to do this and they uh yeah the, it's uh, it's prob- problematic but it's uh, what's the line with batman who says uh, i'm maybe not the hero that uh, uh, that you deserve, but I'm the hero that we need, or something like that. I'm the hero you got. Yeah, that's that's exactly uh, like the envy. Uh. It's maybe not uh, the 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 party that we uh, that we need, but it's the party that we deserve. Uh, so we, um, the Belgian comedians you've seen is it, has anybody done any jokes that were um, wrong? Because I remember I was in Dublin, Ireland the weekend after September 11th. And I remember this Irish comedian got on stage and he said, America deserved it, what they got. And like uh, everyone went really quiet and they, they kind of um, booed the guy off stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we... Uh, Nobody making any we, uncalled for jokes? We had, uh, I think... A couple of incidents, not big ones, but still, you could feel uh, the people going like, "Ooh, that's not uh, that's not good to say." There's a uh, there's a sentiment of um, because of our history, we know 
um, the 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 Belgian public opinion uh, opinion was always oh the Muslims we have to watch out they're not really part of us um, and they realized after the attacks they were maybe we should change our just the way we talk about them because of the attacks because of uh, of everything and then a couple of comedians it was online or uh, one uh, on stage who said uh, yeah you know what fuck the muslims and uh, they're the source of uh, of all the problems but the public uh, was very fast uh, online and uh, in the crowd was very far ooh that's not no 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 that's not good so uh, the comedian really ch uh, changed his uh, his voice very fast so but don't forget we're just a couple of days uh, after the attacks and there's now the the big muslim bashing is just starting out right now wow there's a there's the first couple of days was uh, was very uh, very we need to come together we uh, uh, we are all victims of it the Bel uh, the belgian muslim community was very hard and very direct uh, in condemning these things, so there there isn't a real source of for the public opinion to go like, look, the Muslims, uh, they they we're doing what we have to do, but now there's a lot of political parties who uh, or political figures who starting to uh, to use that uh, uh, that they were. Uh, I don't know Muslim or religious inspired attacks, so it's starting out. And of course, you have got a lot of uh, random people anonymously going on uh, Facebook, or uh, we should uh, kill all the Muslims. There was even once this one, um, just a couple of hours after the attacks, as a um, uh, he said he stated, yeah, all the Muslim women should take off their hijab in respect. For the victims of the attacks. Wow, that's hardcore. That's <laughs> fucked up. That's fucked up. That's really <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, you know, because I thought, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like Paris was upset. I mean, I remember how upset you were after Charlie Hebdo, and I was pissed. We both um, mm -hmm. reacted. We were, you know, hurt and angry at that. And then the Paris, you know, Bataclan attacks and all that. And then now it's it's Brussels. The you know, one thing in the back of my mind, and it's it's something you and I have talked about forever that that kind of prejudice in 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 Europe, uh, you know, in France and Belgium and Holland and the those right wing kind of farmer newspapers that blame everything on Moroccan um, mm -hmm. young males. It's like the thought in the back of my mind is like, oh shit, they're like probably walking around going, see, we've been saying all along these people were the problem. Yeah, it's a, it's a very, it's a very stupid way to see the problems, to, to really go like, you, you see, we're right. Even if, even if, if that was the case, if there was like a Muslim conspiracy to attack the Western values, it is, yeah, they should. I don't know. I think it's too stupid to think about that. But there are a lot of people who, 
who follow that that kind of uh, rhetoric uh, thing as a uh, yeah how how can you blame a whole group of people for a couple of idiots and if it would be if it really would be a religious uh, thing they, I don't know I, I don't have an answer on that I, uh, of is it it's it's legit in the sense of there's something that happened the attacks were horrible and people are scared and people are frustrated and they have to um, uh, express themselves and that's okay but it shouldn't be a political message it shouldn't be it should be a human message going like fuck this is not good what the hell are we doing we need to change that's okay but going like those people are the prog- uh, problem muslims should do this it's not productive it doesn't work like that yeah i wonder what the response is going to be like all european countries go into iraq and syria and try and put this fire out or what i you know i wonder yeah there's a lot of uh there's a lot of talk about it in the sense of going uh, over to bomb syria but the, but the, the problem is here the attacks are happening here there's uh the the discrimination is still here the let's say the the uh the the fundament uh fundamental problem of terrorism is here um there's a a good discussion also going on about how uh, how we as uh, the western uh, uh society are still involved in wars in the middle east still um still having capitalistic uh, minds um our relationship with oil is there's some fundamental discussions that that are going on right now about how we should uh, proceed with this and i hope i really hope deeply that we uh, that we see it as a as a chance to come together to think about our position in uh, in the middle east should we go and bomb over there it's it's but it's a very simple uh, question that we have to are we willing to go and attack uh people in another country for what what is the problem over here right and making people feel less uh as outsiders in their own country yeah there's a and i don't know if you if you remember how it was in brussels there is two societies you have like the minorities and the regular uh the regular like the the let's say the white uh, society and that shouldn't be that shouldn't be even if there's like uh discrimination going on but it should be one society it should be uh, be one one group of people right well the um you know i know the benny lux and europe like the back of my hand the um you know i remember the United States was always the land of convenience. Everything was really convenient here. After the September 11th, everything, it became the land of inconvenience. It's a pain in the dick to do anything. You know, security lines and security people. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's sad, but that's what's going to happen to Europe now.
Yeah. Soldiers yeah, and think... security checkpoints fucking everywhere. Yeah. yeah that's, uh, that's, that's going to be a real part of our lives. Uh, going on, uh, uh, one of the first things that they said after Zaventem is, oh, yeah, but you can walk uh, into Zaventem, nobody's checking you, there's no security in front of the doors. But that's, that was the, one of the strong points of, uh, of our society is go, look, we live in a free country. You can go uh, where you want. Um, and now it's going to change of, look, we're a free country, but you need to check your shoes before you step into uh, a public uh, building or uh, you need to go to the metal detector. And it's going to become... Uh, a part of our culture. Yeah, have your like, have your hands swabbed to see if you got any explosive material on it. Yeah, that's that's something that is quite new for us, but it's going to happen. We go, we uh, we always uh, have been a big fan of America in the sense of uh, the the movies, the the food, the music, but now we're going to take over also your lifestyles and getting poked by. Uh, the TSA agent. Yeah, some uh, security moron that just like, you know, <laughs> took, uh, you know, six months of classes or yeah. whatever. Yeah, uh, with uh, an overweight uh, TSA agent uh, who's uh, disgruntled. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's happening. It's going to... Uh, it's going to uh, a friend of mine, uh, I was on Facebook, he posted, he's got his bag checked. Uh, before he walked into a supermarket. Wow. Wow. Like knapsacks and everything. Yeah. It... Exactly. Another friend of mine who just, uh, after the gig, I saw him today, he wanted to go to the to the cinema to watch the new Superman and Batman movie, yeah. but he couldn't get in because he had his sporting bag with him. Wow. So uh, we... Uh... Remember the last time I was in Belgium, I did that joke. I learned... The little town Hoboken, the yeah. story about the the little the little boy drops his sandwich in the river, and it's <laughs> Ho Hoboken means oh shit, I dropped my sandwich. Hoboken, exactly. Right. So how how do you say in Dutch Flemish, uh, oh shit, I lost my freedom. Uh, oh shit, get my vrijheid verloren. Man. So good. <laughs> There's there's going to be a town named after that. So. <laughs> well, oh, how are how are you doing, my friend? I'm, uh, to be honest, I'm uh, I'm very tired at the moment because it's uh, it's very heavy on the mind. Mm. Because um, um, I think the day of the attacks, um, I walked uh, with a friend of mine uh, on the street. The streets were very quiet. It was almost like a, a just. A, just a couple of minutes uh, before the zombie attack. Um, and the people that I came across, um, and I asked my friend, um, so, uh, and that's, uh, and she's a, a friend of mine, she's like a tall, uh, uh, white lady. Uh, and I, I just want to look, uh, and I just, just, just watch with me. Just, just tell me if, if uh, if it's true what I'm seeing or not, but I have a feeling that a lot of people are looking at me weird. And we went into a supermarket, 
and we did uh, we we shopped around we uh, came at the cash register and we were outside and she went like Arby, everybody looked at you every because I, you got the, I had the my, long beard right long beard and the backpack i had a backpack and she went like mm. everybody's is looking at you and we we decided to walk uh, from the supermarket uh, to uh, uh, to uh, another street, and she really went like everybody is looking at you, and it's even just one, and it for me it's I, I become very self conscious, and I start I also tell that on stage I, I start um, I start smiling more, uh, uh, I talk now with my hands up. And, uh, <laughs> and really pronouncing everything, and uh, I do even an accent just to, a fr uh, yeah, some accent, like a farmer some, accent, exactly, a non-threatening, <laughs> uh, and my IQ uh, drops a couple of points. I go, well, hey, look, I'm on the street. Hey, the sun is shining. Things like that, just because I know, I know that they're. Uh, that people maybe even for one second are looking at me like, "Ooh, is this uh, is this the moment where uh, where he blows up?" Or uh... so yeah. I uh, I'm friends with this comedian. I don't know if you know him, W. Kamal Bell. Oh yeah, he's a great. Uh, I've uh, I've watched his series on the television. He's a great guy. He's yeah, it's too comedian. bad that show didn't work out. I thought it was great, you know, because it was um, discussing race in America, but. You know, he's really tall and, um, you know, some a lot of his stuff is about, you know, people finding him to be a threatening black man or whatever. But he used to do the funniest opening where um, years ago it killed me. He had a big hardback of it was the very first Harry Potter when the first Harry Potter books were wildly <laughs> popular in the first movie. And he would make a big show of walking out with it and he'd put it on the stool and he'd say, uh, I'm not reading Harry Potter. I just find that a lot of white people find me less threatening if I carry around a, a Harry Potter book, you know? So maybe you need something like that, like a you know, big pink teddy bear or something. Exactly. I have a joke. Um, uh, normally I uh, wear my glasses on stage and uh and i and i said uh yeah this is uh this is like uh protection for me not for my eyes but uh uh just for people how they look at me uh and then i take off my glasses and when i take off my glasses you know my face i look like an angry muslim guy and then i put my glasses back on and i go tech support and people start laughing because they recognize if they see me with glasses i'm much more non-threatening that without uh, without the glasses. So there is, there, yeah. There's a part of me who's, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm looking for the next thing. The the glasses aren't working anymore. I need uh, maybe maybe it's not a bad idea walking around with a big <laughs> pink teddy bear. <laughs> I I think it's really important what you're doing, man. I I think it's great that you're doing sets every night and that you're, I mean, just for your not just the people, but also for your own self, you know, it's, um, it's such a mind fuck when, uh, lots of people are murdered senselessly. Yeah, it is. It's, 
especially in these times, but always, I think the last couple of months, uh, also with the Paris attacks, with everything, everything that happens, I really start, uh, I'm starting to find my, uh, my place in the world and my, uh, my talent or my, my, let's say my God given talent and the, almost the reason why I'm on this planet. And that's to make people laugh and knowing that I go on stage every night um, and making people laugh, it, it helps me. Uh, it helps me to grow, but it also helps me to be human. Because before, before doing comedy, I felt like I was a leech, a leech on the, on this planet, and uh, I'm just taking and not giving back. And comedy has given me a, a sense of purpose uh, and giving back. So, yeah, especially in these times, it's very important for my uh, health, my mental health, to co to to do something with the frustrations of the attacks, with the uh, with the daily frustrations, and really to uh, to give a message to the people, and then also make them laugh. So that's a best job in the world. That's a beautiful thing. I just read that people who have a sense of purpose in life live longer. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's a, that's an extra five minutes for me. <laughs> no, I think it's an extra 10 years or something. I told you how my oh, mother cool. has always reminded me that I'm a holy man because I make people laugh and I and forget their problems, you know? So uh, um, yeah. you're experiencing that. You're, you're, you're like a holy man from, for, for cheering <laughs> oh, people oh. up in a, in a really, really shitty time in human history. I hope so. I really hope so. I've um, also I did a, a gig tonight in English, and people were really. Uh, it was like a, a very mixed room. You had Scottish people, English people. You had Americans. You had Australians, and they really. Uh, it really came after the gig came to me. So, oh, that was brilliant. We loved the show. Thank you for making us laugh. And 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 I was almost uh, angry at them in the sense of. Yeah, but I'm not doing this for you guys. I'm doing it for me. <laughs> you're just like <laughs> you're just like a witness. And when you say a holy man, it feels sometimes it feels like a, a big responsibility. And I hope that that responsibility comes with uh, with the sense of uh, purpose and with the sense of doing the right thing. And I will definitely tell my mother that I'm holy. <laughs> she. She would love that, to, or she will be very angry. You know, Muslim woman. <laughs> no, I'm glad you. I'm glad you're 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 embracing your comedic purpose. You know, and seeing the uh, the good in what you do. What What did your parents say about these um, Brussels attacks? What What was their reaction? So on the day of the attacks, I visit them because uh, I know I've got a, a sensitive mother who's very. Um, who worries a lot about me, mm -hmm. especially uh, being a single man. Um, um, and I visited, uh, and there was my my parents, and we had a discussion on um, uh, on the attacks. And I was uh, just uh, making fun and going like, uh, maybe we should probably uh, switch religions at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> 
that. That's pretty funny. And, uh, I could see, I could, I could see that joke not going over. <laughs> yeah, my mother, my mother gave me a smile like that. He went like, "No, no, no, no. We, uh, we, we need to stick to what we believe." And uh, and I don't think my parents know exactly the link between. Uh, me being a comedian and with the attacks and everything, but they they really like uh, they had a very clear message for me in the sense of you you do what you believe in, and if you really believe in your purpose, it's 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 a message from God, it's a message from the universe, uh, and and just and they're very supportive. They're very in the sense of you go and do your thing, and we'll support you. So uh, I love my parents. Uh, very much and i also get that sense from them so i don't want to keep on doing comedy even if they don't understand why i should get on stage every night make fun of my myself and my religion and uh so uh yeah it's a cleansing it's uh it's it's it feels really good to do that and they'll go like go to her mom <laughs> why you need the cleansing from uh it's. I think the the thing with him is my dependence on other people, and if they know comedy, you need a crowd, and you know that crowds are not uh, a public. Uh, crowds are not always very open for new ideas, uh, and they're like very protective of their son. They go, should you go on stage, especially in a time like this? Yeah me in front of a white uh, audience and going and making from uh, um so yeah but still they're very supportive and uh, and yeah let's hope that uh, that I'll keep them uh, uh yeah supportive that's good it's um you know it's great to have your parents on your side um and nothing beats being cleansed in the laughter of strangers um <laughs> What is going to happen to Belgium now, you think? Um, I'm a dreamer. So what will happen is that um, all the people of Belgium will come together. Because we're such a small country. This, there, there's no, no other option for me than coming together. And we'll become like a super race of people, Belgian people. And we're going to probably um, invade America and uh, take over as world, world leaders. Belgium. And... <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought you guys were going to try and win the World Cup first. Now, now you're going to call it going America. That's going to happen. That's going to happen. That's no dream. That's, that's reality. If a beanstalk shoots up to the sky, you should climb it. <laughs> definitely and it could happen in the magical land of belgium it could happen it's a reality no yeah i think um uh, hopefully this uh um this attack will make uh, make us stronger as a country as a people and i think we um yeah uh even if it takes a, a couple of decades we will we'll become better people because of the of the losses and the people that we've lost, we've got a lot of lessons to learn, and and I, I think we're going to do that laughing. We're going to laugh uh, the people uh, or the the attackers in their face, and they're going to be sorry for what they did. 
but I think Be Belgium will become a better country uh, uh, despite the attacks. Great. Well, I'm glad you're safe, man. Uh, Thank you. You know, uh, you know that it was so close to home, and I, I look forward to seeing you hopefully later this year. Yeah. Are you coming? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to work on uh, uh, maybe you... I, if I can uh, do that. I'm going to do that comedy festival in Ireland the um, last week of March. Maybe, maybe I can come over to uh, to the mainland. I'd love it. I'd love cool. to love to see you. Love to work with you again. Cool. You know, you're always welcome. I'll uh, I'll even buy you some Belgian fries. <laughs> I love it. The uh, yeah, we'll we'll go pat the the mannequin pissed. Um, you know, I'm an Antwerp guy anyway. I love Antwerp. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, all right. Are you there, Tom? Yeah. RB. Hey, buddy. Now you're back. Okay, I can hear you. Okay, my friend. I think I got it. I I got it. I. Can you hear me Are you now? There?